Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. What up, Fightful fam, and welcome to episode 25 of 1-2 Punch. Player 1, Shaquille Majui. Player 2, I didn't come up with a nickname for you, Big Rig Jake Riggs. I don't know. How's it going, buddy? <laughs> I usually think these out <laughs> You're not the first person to give me. Yeah, yeah <laughs> the was... first person to give me that one. It so was low-hanging. Sure, I will, I will take it. Uh, thing... Yeah, yeah, things are going man appreciate you having it back on always fun getting together Shaq. uh crazy last couple of weeks staying busy as we can and you know always happy to be here brother yeah it's it's weeks like last week that make me enjoy a bit of a slow dull leon versus Bilal fight prep um guys (laughs) drake's internet is doo-doo so if i've got i've got like two different versions of his video up one it just if you see him flicker between big and small don't worry i'm keeping an eye on it welcome to one two punch guys first week exclusively on fightful select although this episode is free for everyone it'll be up on audio platforms as well just because i didn't really tell you guys this was happening the decision was made um surprise at the end uh, (laughs) after last week's show and so it it didn't seem fair to just disappear on all of y'all uh if you're Still not here because you don't know about this. I'm sorry. It is what it is. What are you going to do? Uh, if it's your first time listening, guys, welcome to One Two Punch. Uh, it's news talk, but on a win lose draw system. What that means is we're going to highlight the week's biggest winners and losers before drawing up a little preview for Saturday's fights. Before we go any further, let me hit this. A uh, quick reminder, I don't really know how to do this anymore because this isn't really going to be on YouTube beyond this live stream, but uh, I guess I'll hit the subscribe button. Guys, join the Patreon. If if you listen to the show and you want to support what we do, this is the most direct way you can help. It doesn't cost a whole lot. If you're into pro wrestling, uh, great. You're going to get way more pro wrestling content here than you are MMA. And if you're not, Sean Rossap breaks a ton of exclusives every day. So if you've got pro wrestling friends... You can drop some knowledge on them. Look super hipster. Look super cool. Thank you guys for being here. We will do the occasional one-two punch free uh, for big pay-per-views. But if you're a longtime supporter of the show, this is where you got to be to get the content moving forward. All right. That's enough of me shilling, Drake. We got a surprisingly big news week despite the sort of lackluster card coming up in terms of name value. What I want to start with, uh, it was the header for this thumbnail, Dan Hardy, uh, of all people, Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer, reveals that Dan Hardy has parted ways with the UFC over uh, some sort of confrontation with a female UFC staffer. 
it appears to have actually been Herb Dean's wife, who, if I'm not mistaken, is uh, does makeup for the UFC. And there was some sort of altercation between the two. Uh, apparently, they've made amends, according to Dan Hardy, although Herb Dean's wife did at some point put out a message to the contrary on Twitter before deleting it. Deleting it. Weird situation, kind of unexpected. Not only is Dan Hardy no longer part of the UFC broadcast team inside the Octagon, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, but his media team, Full Reptile, has also had their credentials revoked. Dan seems optimistic that they're going to resolve it at some point between him and Dana White. But was this surprising to you? Because weirdly, it wasn't to me. Um, that's that's funny that you say that. Because yeah, when the uh, when I first read the story from Meltzer and all that, I I wasn't as surprised as I you know could have been probably compared to if this happened with somebody else or story wise. I don't know. It didn't catch me off guard. It was like, oh wow, I didn't expect to see that kind of thing today, but. I wasn't super shocked by it for just some reason. I Maybe it's because, we you know, Dan Hardy kind of does whatever, you know, he feels like. And, you know, props to him for being, um, you know, just doing his thing, I guess. But, uh, yeah, it's um, an interesting situation. And the funny thing is, I think that I don't know why it's kind of been centered around what it is. Maybe this was the nail in the coffin. But if you look back to when Dan Hardy had his uh, – when he called out Herb Dean mm-hmm. on the spot – at that event, I don't remember which event it was, but, you know, he called Herb out um, there in person telling him, you know, he's doing a terrible job, all this stuff, which, you know, I like to see that because I'm not a big fan of Herb Dean these days and, you know, people need to be held accountable. But uh, then right after, you remember Dana came out and was like, if you, you know, do stuff to the referees, put your hands on them or, you know, just have any kind of interaction like that, you know, you're out of here, you're never going to work for us again. He was very you know his words were very harsh kind of and i don't think he mentioned dan specifically but i think he was asked about that situation and that's why he you know responded with his response there um i think that's probably what this really stems from they probably got rid of hardy like right after that happened and then you know or or very soon after and then maybe this happened along that way and really you know hammered in the nail as i was saying but um uh yeah very interesting situation to see unfold and um, just knowing how kind of, I don't know if I want to say petty or how the uh, UFC and Dana will stick to their guns on things. Not really sold on Full Reptile getting their credentials back. You know, we will see if if that ends up happening. But um, and also just for clarification's sake, I do not think that that not that you were saying this, but I don't think that that Twitter account was real uh, from Herb Dean's wife was actually her. That's okay. what I was. Seeing, I did but, see. I did see it um, get removed pretty quickly, so I wasn't sure what the situation yeah, was there. That was probably why then. So. Um, yeah, uh, interesting situation for sure. All right. Again, sorry guys, the tech difficulties here. You can blame all of that on Drake, but he yep, bailed me out on today's show, so can't be too upset. <laughs> um, all right. Thanks for clarifying that. I should, probably should not have even brought that up without double checking. <laughs> uh, but hey, man, that's that's why I got friends around, right? Yeah. Wow. It, what, what's great about the Zoom, and not that you can see, but when, 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 when your internet gets fixed briefly, it just zooms in on your chin and your smile and nothing else. It is... Uh. I, I let me actually guys let me put it on for a second can you see the mustache on the plus side it really highlights the mustache so you got here, that going here. for you let me i got my mustache home <laughs> on a, hand that's this was my man. birthday present from last year to myself yeah. <laughs> yeah, you gotta treat yourself all right uh on that note let's yeah when we say we, like dan hardy has always been kind of a free spirit in that regards right like kind of stick to his guns a little brash and Honestly, perhaps a little more irritable over the last 365 days since this pandemic has hit. But granted, you know, it affects everyone differently. Um, He seems to be optimistic. I think he's grown full reptile enough that he's going to be able to really lean into it and grow that brand. So I think Dan Hardy's probably going to be fine. Um, And I already know there are people uh, pitching for him to join other organizations other networks um so i think wherever dan hardy ends up he's going to be a major asset to that team but let's continue on with our losers for the week and i say this as someone very much in support of aljamain sterling but it's just not the way you would hope your first reign as a ufc champion goes of course piotr jan hits aljo with a blatantly illegal knee Aljo wins via disqualification, and you've got people coming out, you know, guns ablaze and bat swinging in all directions. You have uh, those who 
are in support of Aljamain Sterling winning the title, saying, you know, how could you blame this guy when he did nothing wrong? You have others accusing him of playing it up, of getting an easy way out. I'm definitely in support of Aljo here, almost 100%. I, I don't agree with any of the criticisms of him. Like, you know, people are like, oh, man, look at him smiling with his championship belt. I'm like, bro, have you never smiled for a photo? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm terribly unphotogenic, so I try to avoid it at all costs. But could you imagine somebody like being, hey, man, let's take a photo with you and you're telling me, like, nah, fuck you, man. Yeah. This is not going to happen. <laughs> so the whole situation is kind of insane, but I feel like Aljo's stock did not really get elevated off this. What do you make of where Aljo is now compared to where he was as a oft-overlooked contender? Interesting you say that, Shaq, because I kind of disagree. I think that this was probably, in terms of getting his name out there and people talking about him, this was the best-case scenario for Sterling, right? Like, you know, what, all press is good press, as they will say. Sure, he's getting all sorts of various, you know, varied opinions on what has transpired. But if this didn't happen, such a, a historic thing to have a title change hands, disqualification, that was clearly not his you are an absolute moron if you believe that that was his fault i'm calling you out if you're watching people who think that you know that is on aljo that was a blatant illegal knee by peter yon no excuses for that but just i don't think that if he would have even if he would have had some crazy comeback because he was down on two judges scorecards at that point in the fight and was losing that fourth round um looking like he was probably on the way to be finished honestly whether it was you know <laughs> illegally or illegally um there wouldn't have been as much buzz. I don't think this is such a unique thing that gets so many people, you know, having so many different thoughts on it, obviously, that I think that it has gotten people to know more about Sterling than they would have, no matter what the outcome would have been. This is best case for him in that regard. Of course, you know, in terms of the integrity part of it, whatever, the more pure standpoint to look at things. Of course, you don't want to win the belt <laughs> via disqualification. He's been saying that, and you just you don't want to be remembered as this guy, especially if he goes on to lose it in the rematch or this in his next fight. Lies, yeah. That that that's that sucks terribly for him. But in terms of growing his own brand right now, this is huge to capitalize off of and makes his next fight all that much bigger. Because if he wins, then things are going to be a lot easier, smooth sailing for him. But um, yeah, it, it really depends on that next fight. But in terms of really getting people talking, this was kind of the best thing to happen for him, I think, because this was the least talked about title fight probably going into, you know, the event. I mean, I guess you could argue the co-main event just because everyone expected it to be so one-sided. I'm sure we'll get to that, Shaq. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I think really that in terms of just – getting people to talk more about sterling there is no other way that the, that he could have gotten as much talk and buzz as he has aside from this yeah i guess i kind of look at it from a, a bit of a legacy perspective now should he go into this rematch with Jan and win it erases everything but my fear is he goes in there because he was en route to losing that fight at least by you know where the momentum was at the time of that illegal blow if he lays an egg in the rematch, we're going to we're going to fondly remember Aljamain Sterling as that guy who wasn't good enough and got gifted a world title for a brief brief moment and I guess as a bit of a as someone who covers the sport and someone who really likes Sterling, I I fear for that to be his legacy. I think he deserves more than that. I think he's much better than that. And I worry that if he goes and loses the rematch to Piotr Jan, he will forever be that guy who got lucky and was never as yeah. good as... Uh, you know, if he went out there and lost, we would have still looked at Aljo as a really good fighter. But I f worry that this could overshadow his actual quality in the worst way possible should he lose that rematch. So I guess we'll yeah, see. No, we'll, we'll see how things play out. Yeah. All right. No, I agree. That's definitely um, going to be a big big you know point of contingency i guess for that rematch yeah it just it just aljo deserves much better than that like we've had mm -hmm. much more undeserving contenders than aljo and and to think <laughs> that he might get labeled as such is just kind of disappointing all right uh you, you foreshadowed it and this is one of those weird weeks usually we start with the winners but there's just so many losers all around 
And uh, although you would look at Amanda Nunes as a big winner for continuing her dominance as the greatest female fighter of all time and arguably one of the pound-for-pound greatest of all time, regardless of weight class, uh, what is going on with women's featherweight? Like, big L for Megan Anderson. Unfortunately, she's now parted ways with the UFC. Um, But let's break down something that you actually broke. And caused a whole kerfuffle about afterwards. Megan Anderson on Twitch said that the UFC would be shutting down the women's featherweight division. Uh, I, I think I had Dan uh, Levy of uh, Best Fight Picks on here. And I was telling him, man, Megan Anderson's got more to lose than Amanda Nunes. Because if Megan Anderson loses the fight, she could be out of a job. And every other featherweight could be out of a job in the women's division. What happened? Because Megan Anderson comes out and says that the division's being shut down. You have the UFC disputing that, and then you see Megan get uh, released from her contract. Now that we've had a couple days to digest, what's your theory on what happened there? Well, Megan, this was the last fight on her contract, no matter what. So she was going to be a free agent the entire time after this, of course, would have presumably re-signed if she would have become champion, depending on how that whole thing would have played out um you know i think that they would have of course had to do an instant rematch with amanda why wouldn't you you know that would sell huge um but anyway she w- this was the last fight on her contract she is a free agent now um you know comes out on twitch and says that yeah she's no longer part of the ufc because her deal has expired and the ufc told her earlier in the day as well that they are going to be getting rid of the 145 division and Felicia Spencer and Danielle Wolf, which is coming up in May, will be the last fight in the division's history. Um, of course, this is after this was after Dana was kind of asked about the situation at the press conference and said that they'll keep it around for as long as Amanda wants to. Uh, and then, yes, UFC officials dispute that and say, no, not quite. Uh, what's going on I asked Felicia Spencer if she had heard anything of this herself um, and she said no nothing yet but uh, the way that she responded kind of seemed like she w- wasn't surprised by you know, the possibility of that so um, that was interesting and here's the thing about it all right is like I still kind of believe I believe Megan what Megan was saying that they she was told that they were were or are going to get rid of the 145 pound division. Um, she has no, she's never been one to really like lie about stuff or put anything out there like that. And she has nothing to lose now. She's not a part of the, the promotion anymore. So why, why would you hold it back? Of course, the day after she did come out and say that she got in trouble and wasn't supposed to say that presumably by management, she didn't specify, but on her Twitch stream, what that was yesterday or whenever the day after she initially said that um, she did say she wasn't supposed to say that. So no talking about that in the chat, <laughs> say, which interesting, a little bit of backtracking from her, but uh, nonetheless, like I still, I still believe what she said. And you got to think, of course the UFC wouldn't want somebody who is just leaving to break that news kind of on their own personal, you know, Twitch stream, which, going to help her following people are going to go there you know i put the link out there and it got a plenty of views you have plenty of people clicked on it to go check it out so you're welcome for that <laughs> hey um, grant this man an interview well that's well, we won't we won't get into that there's uh, some other things to this story but um <laughs> um you can't just leave yeah. us with that trick yeah i know right um yeah so i i i believe that you know, what she was told was probably true. But then also going back to the Dana Bean Petty thing, like the fact that she came out and put this out there herself, now they could have reacted in the way like, oh yeah, you know what? Now we're, we are going to keep it, you know? <laughs> Fuck what you're saying. We're going to keep this around for as long as we can go on without you kind of thing, just to prove you wrong, not let you be right. But either way, I, I believe that there's definitely confusion and consideration no matter what regarding the future of 145 because there's it's never been a division in the first place this experiment has gone on far too long four full years now have only had eight fighters max and that's a generous number um 
just and now you're letting one of the top five featherweights go who's a legitimate featherweight cannot make 135 she would die if she tried to do that i i don't know why of course though from a business standpoint it would be dumb to get rid of it and take a belt away from nunez but at the same time if if that is a thought process and something that is being talked about and brought to megan it would also make me think like okay she's gonna have one more fight at bantamweight and then she's gonna retire if mm. if that was talked about enough to where me it got to megan and you know that is something the rumblings or whatever then maybe i mean what what is left for amanda anyway so it wouldn't hurt to do one more fight where she's not double champ but if she's going to continue for a good while it would be kind of dumb business-wise to take a belt from her when you can just keep it on her like she doesn't have to even fight at featherweight but you can be like she's the double champ like because there's no one else you can fight besides Daniel Wolf, which I don't, I don't want to get into that even possibly. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Stupid. I, but uh, there's I, a lot I, of ways to look at it. Just looking, <laughs> and there's no disrespect to Wolf, but just looking at the pro- – I did not realize that she's had, like, one professional fight. Nope. Uh, it's crazy that she's fighting Felicia Spencer. It, it's absurd. It, man. It, I, I hate it so much. It really speaks <laughs> it me to crazy. The... It, here's the thing. Do you have any insight? Like, there are more women's feather. There are more than eight women's featherweights in MMA. Yeah. Like, there's no way the UFC is actually committed to this division because they're just not signing anyone. Yeah, no. They're cl- they clearly haven't been committed really since day one. And I mean, the Ultimate Fighter. You look back at that. That was a joke. We all knew. We all anybody who knew about the fighters going in were either former uh, bantamweights or, you know, people that could bantamweight. And they all end up going back to bantamweight. What do you know? So, like, they were and, – and the people that they chose, that's a part of it, too, is, like, there were actual featherweights like Pam Sorensen, who's the current, you know, champion of uh, Invicta right now. Of course, she even has been a bantamweight for more of her career than a featherweight. Caitlin Young, there were people who tried out for the Ultimate Fighter who would have been actual additions to the division – the UFC has just never seemed to really care about doing it for whatever reasons, marketability, what have you. But I mean, I think you can argue that flyweight in the beginning, you know, of course there were some very good names to start there. Of course, Ian McCall, very, um, you know, good guy to build a division around and what have you. But um, there's no excuse for it aside from the fact that they just didn't like the options they had because Bellator as much as they want to not admit it, Bellator beat them in the feather, the featherweight, yeah. you know, sweepstakes just handedly right out the gate. I think they started their division a year, a year or a year and a half before the UFC started their division that began with two bantamweights as well. So like, I just think they've never even wanted to, they haven't wanted to admit defeat that Bell got the better of them in one area, but then you know, it's like they also realize they can't compete at the same time. So it's kind of an ego thing, I think, has been for this whole period. I've got a few theories on the Megan Anderson leak situation. One, I've definitely heard of circumstances where fighters' management have sort of lied to them about the reason for their release or what their, you know, in a, in a circumstance where let's say business wasn't going well, negotiations weren't going well with the UFC, the manager will, will kind of fudge things to the client just to sort of save them some heartbreak. So I could imagine a situation where they said, hey, it, it's nothing against you, Megan. They, the UFC just says they don't want to continue the division. And then, you know, down the line, be like, oh, I guess they changed their mind. That's one theory I have with zero evidence. <laughs> the other, me, this is not the first time Megan Anderson has broken news. Um, she sort of let, peeled back the curtain on something a lot of us in the industry have known for quite a while, which is like the UFC feeds oh, yeah. a lot of their scoops to Brett Okamoto. And that is no, that is n- in no way a criticism of Brett Okamoto. He does phenomenal work. He's great. He's super handsome. He's got a lovely voice. Brett's the total package. <laughs> um, but it's just, you know, it's the nature of the business. There's nothing wrong with it as far as I'm concerned. But it's one of those things I think maybe some fans weren't clued into. And Megan Anderson actually said on one of her either streams or vlogs that like, yeah, I was, uh, we were going to announce the fight, but the UFC told us they would like us to wait for Brett to break it. So this isn't the first time Megan has sort of peeled back the curtain on how um, conversations go with the UFC. Yeah, yeah, sorry to cut you off, but she broke the news too for Felicia's signing to the UFC. Yeah. Like for her specifically, um, he's got to get into the media game even more. Yeah, right. <laughs> that was that was during a scrum. I think she did, um, you know, before that fight and all that. But uh, 
to touch on the, the management too, real quick, uh, you know, Tim told me her, her manager said the same thing about, you know, that he told Raymondi how she's not a part of the UFC anymore. He completely ignored the the division part, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he said just he confirmed exactly what she said. Aside from that, so it's an interesting situation. Shout out to Tim of Paradigm. Oh man, you cannot, you would not like to see the messages. Like, I, granted, I understand. I take no offense to it, but you cannot. I I, I can tell you that um, Tim Elliott's management was not thrilled to be getting questions about that whole Jordan Espinoza really? domestic abuse claims <laughs> in the cage. <laughs> and I'm sure I'm not, I'm the, I'm, I promise you I'm not the only one who reached out, but I got, a, I got the, I got the general vibe that they were pretty tired of having to push people away from that narrative. Yeah. It, it is, is what it is, right? It is what it is. Um, <laughs> it is. Okay. Let's move on to, my next loser, and we can either segue from there to the winners, or if you got any losers you want to add, um, is Freela Disanya, and I put him at the end here because I actually feel like he's the smallest of the losers here. Uh, and, and let me sort of break this down. Of course, Izzy moves up to light heavyweight, goes for the second uh, title, can't get it done. Um, I had scored a 3-2 for Izzy. I will fully admit that that scorecard is probably wrong and that, you know, I'm doing a watch-along while I do this, so can't say I'm watching with the most attentive pair of eyes. I scored for Izzy well. <laughs> okay, but I did have... I, I, what I argued is I could see the fight being scored anywhere from 3-2 Izzy to 4-1 Yon. So I was actually completely in favor of Yon winning. My personal scorecard aside... The way I saw it is at most Izzy had three rounds, but at most Jan mm-hmm. had four. We all agree the 10-8s were crazy. I don't even want to get into that. Um, we do agree, right, Drake? The 10-8s are crazy? Yeah, no, okay. definitely. Sure. I, I mean, I did. I, did I, I thought that round four was closer to a 10-8 than round five, so I thought that was interesting. Maybe I got it mixed up, you know, was there on the scene, so very busy myself uh, during that fight. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I didn't end up scoring a 10-8. But if there was a case for one, I felt four was more, more likely than it. five. Um, now, let me say this. Izzy, obviously, when you're the cha- when you're moving up, you've got some excuses to lean on. The size difference, uh, it's your first time up there. Izzy, for all intents and purposes, I don't think his stock is going to take an enormous hit, especially because the fight was rather competitive. Even if you thought it was 4-1 yawn, each individual round was relatively competitive. And let me say this. Izzy gets a lot of slack from people who think he's uh, too arrogant, too cocky. I I actually think he's, for the most part, when he's not fiddling with his dog, quite tasteful in his uh, promotion. Like, you know, he's not out there punching old men, making racist remarks, qu- uh, crapping on people's religion. You know, shout out to the Conor McGregor of old. I think Izzy is supremely confident and very cerebral, and I've always thought that his brand of self-promotion was both authentic and relatively appropriate diddling dogs aside um i thought he was so gracious in defeat um Mm -hmm. i loved the way that he gave yon the credit i think he was very fair in his assessment like you know he 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 pointed out some things where he thought he did well and yon didn't do so well but for the most part he didn't make any excuses he was super gracious. Uh, he realizes that for the time being, his place is at middleweight. If you were going to lose, I think this is the best way Izzy could have lost. Aside from it be a split decision. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I think he handled it tremendously. And especially for the fact that, you know, you said you threw that out there right there with a split decision. But the fact that it was, you know, close enough for us to agree that he won and, you know, other people feeling that way as well. Um, I feel like in that case, it would be less likely for him to be so, you know, such a, a, a good sport about losing, you know, because when you have that argument, some guys are kind of like, oh, you know, I, I still think I should have won, but he was fully, you know, took it like a champion. He is a champion. So it makes sense. And for his first loss too, in his MMA career, um, even more, even more surprising and uh, good on him for being so gracious about about that and giving somebody the respect who still, I, I don't know if the Jan is just going to be perpetually, um, you know, 
uh, underappreciated going forward still, despite beating Adesanya now, but feels like that guy can't catch a break. Like, I think he deserved more respect going into this fight. We all forgot about how incredible that Dominic Reyes performance was, but um, I think I think he definitely, uh, <clears throat> you know, showed people uh, that he is. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply very legit with this win and um you know Adesanya feels the same way which is great to see so um yeah he, he's still kind of a winner in my book despite being a literal loser that that hurts his stock and of course he loses out likely on that John Jones fight anytime soon for sure but um he handled it yeah about as good as you could have I think yeah I, I think so too um Futures of middleweight. What did you make of the pay-per-view buy? So it comes out reportedly that this thing sold about 800000 That's in the ballpark of what I imagined it would be. I didn't think it was going to crack a million. But what does it tell you that a three-title fight main card with a super fight at the top and Izzy, who right now is top five draws in the UFC, uh, couldn't crack a million? What does that tell you? I think it tells me more that there he just has more to do and more people kind of to reach. Like, of course, he's been on this trajectory of being a massive superstar. And this isn't a bad number because you know, usually in recent times, numbers have been, you know, fairly lower than that, aside from, you know, some of the bigger, you know, superstars like the Masvidal's emerging and, uh, you know, Connor, whenever he's in play, of course. But, um, also, Shaq, just to point out, man, the myth about stat cards selling well is a thing. It only matters if you look at the numbers historically. People are invested in the main event specifically. Yeah. So um, I, I do put most of this on Adesanya's drawing. Of course, Nunes in co-main does help. But everything aside from that, the casuals are more focused on what is being directly presented to them, which, yeah. you know, UFC trailers packages is the big fight atop the card. So... Um, this is mostly on him, I would say. And of course, Jan is gaining in popularity, but he, he wasn't the A side of this. Um, that's just no disrespect to him. That's just a fact. So I think that this is kind of proving that Adesanya's drawing power is firmly kind of locking around this 800 range because what that was about the same as the Costa fight. Mm -hmm. And that was a highly anticipated kind of rivalry clash. So if he's sticking around that area still for this champion versus champion fight against a guy who really still, you know, getting his name out there in terms of the casual eye and building up his reputation as a champion. Literally, this was his first title defense. Um, going forward, if Adesanya can go against somebody who can really engage in a back and forth heated, you know, maybe trash talk or exciting, very exciting style clash, what have you. Of course, Darren Till seems to be the guy everyone's pointing at and, uh, Adesanya as well in his camp have been very interested in that matchup. Um, that could be one that could get very, very close to a million, if not breaking it for Adesanya's first headliner to do so. But um, I think he's definitely on the right track and he's probably going to be, you know, floating around this range that he's in now for uh, the foreseeable future, unless he just drops off a cliff. But I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, uh, I agree wholeheartedly. I think something that the UFC really needs to work on if they want to continue to build up Izzy that Izzy himself alluded to is his presence has grown a lot in Australia, New Zealand, but there's a whole continent out there, a continent that he's from that doesn't really mm. know who he is. And so I think he doesn't have Africa behind him, the continent Africa behind him, the way that McGregor has the nation of Ireland and, and, you know, as a branch off of that parts of the UK, 
I think if we see the UFC press forward with their expansion to the African market, we're going to see Izzy easily clear that million mark. Um, yeah. And I foresee it happening in the next couple of years. Okay, guys, let's move on to the winner, winners, chicken dinners. I don't know why I said that. Uh, hey, if you're checking this out on Patreon, but you are not a member of Fightful Select, please join up. It's super cheap. You get this show every week, plus a bunch of pro wrestling content. And as we start sort of uh, upgrading what Fightful Select is and expanding upon that, you're going to see more and more MMA content on here, uh, early releases, exclusive content. So please join up. It goes a huge huge way to helping us looks makes a good impression for me on the boss so please go ahead and do that you know skip out on like an extra coffee a week and there you go you got a you got easy a month covered so although i i couldn't do that myself so (laughs) (laughs) there we are okay uh winners you you mentioned it let's branch off of that izzy situation jan blahovich um you said that you don't think he's still gonna get the disrespect i'm gonna counter that he is the light heavyweight champion. He had a successful title defense against Israel Adesanya. Um, he beat Dominic Reyes for the title. My hunch is that we, short of John Jones returning to light heavyweight, we are not going to see Jan Blahovich as an underdog ever again. Is that too bold? No, no, that's kind of what I was thinking as you were saying that. Um, yeah, he's he's he should be in the driver's seat now at light heavyweight in terms of you know, that whole situation and barring, you know, even if let's assume Adesanya was to come back up and they have a rematch down the line or whatever, he'll probably, assuming by that point, if he's defended, he's definitely still going to be the favorite. I would imagine unless Adesanya's run impresses people more in that time to get back up there. But uh, yeah, no, I think that's probably a very, very safe claim. And it'll be interesting to see who's probably like closest to him in terms of betting odds because he's just continuing to prove continually proving how solid of an overall fighter he is. And it's really incredible to see, you know, as he gets to these later stages in his career and, um, you know, we're going to have kind of those situations where it's two fine wines competing against, uh, you know, him and Glover Teixeira where I love uh, that fight so much. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting, but I still imagine that Glover should probably be a decent underdog, which, um, you know, he's always dangerous, but it's fair. I think it's fair at this point. Agreed. Um, and that's a great segue, too. Let me say, I was right when I said that Blahovich's uh, biggest size advantage was going to be grappling. I called that. I would like to cash in on my... Because I'm not going to get another... Uh, I'm not going to get any more analysis right for the remainder of the year. So I got to grip <laughs> onto that one for dear life. Like, I was riding high when people started uh, hopping on the train with me when I said on the bandwagon, when I said years ago that Justin Gaethje is the guy to beat Habib. And man, I felt I was on the top of the world, man. I was on the moon <laughs> watching everyone saddle up with me. And then it all came crashing down in a burning pile of rubbish, wreckage. Mm-hmm. Um, but let me say this. Glover Teixeira, huge winner here because oh, yeah. had Izzy won the title, we were not going to see Izzy versus mm-hmm. Glover. They were going to hold, they're going to keep that title on Izzy. They were going to hope that Jones won the heavyweight strap. And then they were going to do the biggest fight in all of MMA history. Kind of bummed that we're not going to see it only for that spectacle, only for that uh, legacy. Because, you know, two division champion Izzy versus heavyweight champ John Jones, blood feud in the making. That, without a doubt, would have been the biggest fight our sport has ever seen. Sucks that we lost a bit of the shine off that. But I don't think there's a fighter I've been rooting for more than Glover Teixeira over the past few years. He's on the best run of his career, despite the fact that uh, he's he's getting up there in age, man. He's not he's not a spring chicken anymore. Um, but he's in a situation here where he's on the most remarkable run of his career. He gets a shot to I. What I really want to see is Glover, if he wins this title, just retire. Yeah, <laughs> wouldn't that be nice? You've accomplished everything you need to. Um, you're up there in age. It's time to retire. Go to a party grab a scotch and a cigar and tell stories which is what i know he loves to do and uh man i'm just so happy we're gonna get the fight and it's not gonna be boring is he on bit of a snooze fest you're not gonna see a boring glover fight because he moves forward and he gets hit but he just kind of zombies his way to dominant positions i don't think he'll be able to do that to yon but i'm looking forward to the chaos start to finish yeah no i definitely um the funny thing is like saying that 
whenever we say that Glover can't do anything, especially on this run, then he goes and does it. Like it's very real possibility that he could win and become champion at what is he he's he's over 40 now for sure 41 or two i don't i don't know but uh definitely 40 years old and it's that grappling man it has just gotten stronger and stronger i think with age and saved him of his because his chin has continually kind of you know faded but he's bailing out by this incredible ability to recover quick enough to where he'll get a hold of you and then gets you down and you're stuck. You're pretty stuck. And I'm very curious to see. I, I mean, I can see the fight going just like that again, because Jan Blahovich, we got to give this guy credit for having a just iron chin. Like the guy has only been knocked out twice in his career, technically one time. The first time was a doctor stoppage, um, you know, early on in his career. Then the other time was to Tiago Santos, who that guy literally hits like a hammer. He's got it on his chest for, you know, for it is what it is. <laughs> it's very hard. Um, and Blahovich, nobody else can put the guy away glover hits very hard as well and of course they say power is the last thing to go i think he still can uh you know crack and do damage but i don't know if it'll be enough to hurt yan but yan will definitely hurt glover and then we'll get some of that classic <laughs> glover fun we've been seeing on this stretch but um it, it, i'm very happy that it is happening he is probably one of if not the biggest winner out of the whole weekend because of just how it was like a playoff game situation, right? Where you're watching the NFL and a team needs somebody else to to lose or win to get into the playoffs where they've done all they can. They've you know, had some losses. They're not in the best position, but they've done everything they can to get there. All right, we're banking on you, you know, whoever it is, to let us to, to win your, your game or lose or whatever, and then we'll get in. Um, he was in that situation, so awesome for him. And he deserved it anyways, like if we were going to go by – ranking and meritocracy aside from doing this for this champion versus champion fight which you know honestly probably shouldn't have been made it was kind of a little bit premature um glover that was glover's fight that he he should have been in there and um you know he was the backup for it rightfully so and now he's got it so you cannot you can't not feel good for literally one of the nicest guys in mma history 100 <laughs> percent um and it's it's one of the things i love about mma and i don't consume other sports to the like depth that i do mma so maybe this is a thing that's true all around but one of my favorite things about mma is generally speaking it's a rapidly evolving game in which the young feed on the old but there are so many examples of these old dudes just figuring out a way to adapt and evolve their game and shore up the holes enough that they can sort of lord their veteran savvy over guys and like you said with Glover Teixeira it's like you know his chin's faded he's still hittable but he's figured out a way to weather those storms and accentuate the the grappling acumen that he's just developed and developed and developed over decades I love to see it it's a sort of right dude the fact that Dan Henderson almost won Uh. again talk about fights that shouldn't have happened the fact that Dan Henderson almost almost and you know some people's minds should have yeah. won the ufc middleweight title at the age of like 406 is <laughs> awesome to me i hated that that fight happened i would have hated if he won for all the sort of purest reasons of the sport mm-hmm. but it's why it's so fun it's just chaotic <laughs> and you never can truly expect like talking about things you shouldn't have expected would you have ever imagined at the time that Alexander Gustafson beat Jan Blahovich that we were going to be talking in five years about how Jan Blahovich soared to the highest of highs and Gustafson just sort of petered out? Like, it's crazy. Yeah, no, that is definitely something I never would have expected, especially looking at that in hindsight. I was thinking, of, I don't know why, that's great that you brought that up, but for some reason I was thinking, like, somebody mentioned uh, Gustafson to me and I was like, he and Jan fought, didn't they? Like, I kind of forgot about that yeah. fight even happening because Gustafsson, you know, he pretty much out-wrestled him that whole fight to get the win. But, um, yeah, they did fight, and he did beat him very, you know, clearly for the most part. And uh, look who went on to be champion, the guy that we didn't think. And, you know, Gustafsson was supposed to be the guy that we did think would be champion at least one day. But, uh, oh, that uh, seems like a pipe dream. And, you know, that kind of, that's an interesting rematch now, you know, of course, just all things considered, don't know if we'll ever see it, but that, that's funny to think about how MMA is just so insane, man. And, and that right there, that example really proves it because 
if if you would have told me that Blahovich would have been champion, you know, after kind of his initial start in the UFC, which was kind of rough, I was like, get out of here, man. Especially at that time when John Jones the champion, all that, just how things have transpired at light heavyweight is just really crazy. <laughs> it really is. Crazy, crazy. If there's any lesson here, folks, no matter what career path you're in, if you're a fighter, if you're media, if you're a nurse, if you're a plumber, crawl into a forest, find yourself a dead man hanging, and take that <laughs> noose. Take that noose and put it under your bed and sleep with it every night because you will prove all the doubters wrong. You will achieve everything in your wildest dreams. Uh, Is that it, not me? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe don't desecrate a dead man's resting right. place but <laughs> hey it worked out for Jan. um all right mm -hmm. any other winners you'd like to highlight before we move on to the closing portion of the show of course man gotta highlight dominic cruz my man getting his first win since 2016 which really hurts just to even admit that that is case but of course uh, injuries and all that have always plagued him and um then the first two fight losing streak of his career of course comes back gets a win that Shaq I'm calling you out you did not score it for Dominic you were the lone media member yeah Casey Kenny am I the am I actually yourself. the only one on MMA decisions yes. explain yourself uh again man I'm doing a I, I should stop submitting these because I'm doing a watch along <laughs> I'm not paying attention I'm exclusively doing it for the clout um and I could not even go back and tell you why I scored it for Kenny um, I seem to think he'd landed the harder shots in two rounds, but apparently, Madness. apparently I'm wrong. So madness. No, I all three for Dominic and so did several other people, but, uh, yeah, you know, one judge agreed with you. So there is that I'll get, I don't, I don't want to, was it Chris Lee? <laughs> it must've been Chris Lee. It probably was, <laughs> Fuck. Fuck me. but, um, yeah, Dominic, I think a big winner. And then of course, afterward, um, somebody we should have mentioned as a loser, Hans Bolenkamp pretty big loser i would say for getting called out by dominic and uh put on blast in uh, a rather you know what is a serious kind of situation that is being presented allegations of course happening uh to dominic and you know other people have kind of mentioned uh their rumblings as things that they've heard uh regarding situations with them or just other fighters similar to what dominic was presenting um Speaking of Adesanya, I mean, he's a guy who also didn't directly say this in the past, but did say it. If you have seen, you know, when he always throws his monster cans off of the stage and gets them out of, he doesn't want monster around. Oh, I never him. noticed that. Yeah, he he makes it, he puts it out there to make it a thing to get the monster logos out of anything involved with him. And he even, um, there was a tweet that resurfaced from like 2019 or whatever that, uh, you know, he said, like no bullshit, like all, all real people kind of. And then it was a video of him throwing the can. Like it was pretty much a very clear subtweet, wow. especially in hindsight. So this has been something that a lot of people have at least heard about, if not known about happening involving Hans Molenkamp. So, um, well, what's yeah, funny no good. Me, sorry to cut you off. Dana, you know, D Dana, I think actually gave a very, uh, I don't. I don't agree with Dana saying that getting a sponsorship is a privilege. No, it's not. You are exchanging <laughs> visibility right. for money. It is a two-way street, and that is nonsense. But um, I did like that. You know, he he was he tried to play peacemaker there, and then like not an hour later, he was on Instagram crapping all over Hans right. Wollenkamp. That was so <laughs> funny to me. Like, what a one eighty that was. Yeah, well, let's like get the charity fight, dude. I, I'm 100 down. I know that would be great. And the funny thing is, we know it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> you know, we know that, um, you know, the other the other party has been pretty silent about this situation. So since then, but um, no, I think Dominic, of course, big winner in the cage, just getting a win back in the win column. But he's a big winner for being now the face of a potential movement. Like yeah. something like this needs a very, you know, a good voice a big voice somebody who's respected in a spot that where you know we never hear dominic kind of sure he can be outspoken at times but it's generally about you know fight related things but he, the fact that he brought this up in the first place shows you how much he cares about it and how serious it is to him so it's a big deal and i think that we will see some continued traction and people speaking out um at least that would be the hope but i think yeah. that he's in he's the best one of the best people to come forward for something like this and really help it get off the ground, you know? So uh, I think that's a win in itself.
And this is the sort of thing, you know, you, you always hope to see, especially when it comes to fighters' rights in general. Yeah. And, and I do think we'll see it more and more uh, as guys start retiring. And a quick shout-out to another winner, uh, Fightful alum James Lynch for snagging one of those yeah. dominant cruise interviews. Shout-out to him. All right, guys, uh, as I continue to fill with my he- headphone here, let's hit up the closing portion of the show. Reminder, can't hit subscribe. But you could head over to youtube.com slash MMA and hit subscribe. we got new content coming out all the time. Let me tell you, a lot of fun stuff coming out over the next couple of weeks ahead of UFC 260. Uh, it just so happened that all the guys I wanted to make fun videos around were on one card. So I showed Drake a little preview of the thumbnail. Uh, good stuff. There's fun stuff coming, so please go and subscribe over there. And again, if you're visiting the Patreon for the first time, it's a small fee, man. It goes a long way to helping us do what we do. We greatly appreciate that. All right, UFC Vegas 21 main event. It's not the meatiest card we've ever seen. Again, you know, I'm, I'm as you can already tell from me looking all over the place, I'm already tired, so I'm okay with a bit of a slower pace this week. Main event's kind of interesting. Uh, Leon Edwards, number three ranked welterweight in the world, has to take on Bilal Muhammad on short notice, who's what, number 13? If I'm not mistaken, yeah, something like that. Something yeah. like that. A huge, huge step up for Bilal. He got immediate after a long time of just sort of grinding against <laughs> unranked guys. He's got a chance to insert himself into title contention legitimately. Leon Edwards finally getting a fight after God knows how long. All things being what they are, we're in a pandemic. Um, Leon at times was a bit difficult to book fights with. I guess this question will be much more easily answered after the fight, but as a little bit of a prediction piece, do you think this was the right call? Do you think Leon Edwards getting himself a fight after two plus years off is worth the downside of potentially losing to Bilal Muhammad? And he's never getting back to a title. If that happens, I'm telling you, it's going to take a long (laughs) ass time because he's already disrespected by just about everyone fans and fighters alike to some degree. Like there's such a narrative that Leon Edwards is all talk, no real quality. And that's so untrue. But if he goes out there and lays an egg against Bilal Muhammad, he's got nothing to lean back on. Right now, we mostly remember him, unfortunately, in the eyes of a lot of casual fans, as, sorry, Jorge Masvidal's bitch. <laughs> so if he goes out here and loses to Bilal, I'm so worried about what his long-term future looks like. Yeah, man. Worth um... it? Is this winnable enough that it's worth that potential downside? I think so, but at the same time, it's like, dude, the guy just need to fight anybody, absolutely anybody. That was really the biggest thing around him, uh, the the point of, um, you know, arguments against him. is like, he hasn't fought in 10 years. It hasn't been that long, but, you know, it feels like yeah. it's been so long. He, he's, he hasn't fought. Uh, Nina Ansarov has fought more recently than him. I think shout out to MMA on point for pointing that out. And, you know, Nina had a baby and she's returning soon herself. But um, Leon's been out for longer than her. And, you know, the the guy just need to fight anybody. Of course, it hasn't been his fault entirely. Of course, Hamzat uh, was his original opponent, which that was an interesting fight to make in the first place. He was supposed to fight um, Woodley, right? He was the original opponent for Woodley before Gilbert Burns came in there. Like, the guy's been trying to fight just... You know, the MMA gods have not allowed it. But here he is finally getting the opportunity again. Doesn't matter who it was against. He kind of was in a spot where he just needs to take this. Otherwise, he's going to have to, you know, it's going to take him longer anyway by having to wait and then probably win two more fights if it was to have gone on longer than this. But now if he wins very, very impressively, kind of we saw Dana say, yeah, he can definitely get the uh, title shot if he, if with an impressive win. Keyword, impressive win. If Leon Edwards goes really out there. Leon Edwards is MO. No right. If Leon I mean, it's Edwards, impressive. I mean, it's just not yes. Dana Flashy. impressive. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not, you know, kind of, he doesn't put on crazy performances, but he's very fun to watch and very impressive. I would say, you know, from technical standpoint, all that stuff. Um, he's very, very good and does deserve a title shot. But if he goes out there and wins how he typically does, he's probably not going to get it still. So, like, it, it's just at the point where I think he just has to do it. And, you know, the cards have fallen where they lie or whatever the phrase is. But, um, man, I really do like Bilal Muhammad in this spot, man. I, I wasn't really sold on him and about being a contender until that last fight. And, of course, Diego Lima not not the greatest fighter in the world or anything, but 
um, kind of a, a small resurgence of his own, but Bilal just, he looked phenomenal in that fight despite eating a healthy amount of leg kicks that were, you know, turning into somewhat of a problem. He masked it very well adapted. That was a great performance from Bilal and got me kind of um, believing him, believing in him a bit more. And I think this is a winnable fight for him as well, but yeah, Leon, Leon was back, has been so backed into a corner just by uh, circumstances out of his control, I think. Agree wholeheartedly. Uh, it's funny. There's a video up on our YouTube channel from earlier this week called uh, Leon Edwards getting disrespected by everyone. And it's just a short <laughs> compilation of fighters crapping all over Leon. The funny part is the only guy, and I'm talking about Wonder Boy, Chael Sonnen, all oh, just kind of doing him a little dirty. The Wonder one Boy? guy. I know. So he, he was nicer about it, but he was basically right. like, eh, yes, you should have taken the fight against me, Leon. Um, of course. <laughs> Kamaru Usman, the only guy in the top of the welterweight division to genuinely give Leon respect and credit, said it was my one of my beat toughest him already. <laughs> still though, still though, he was like he was one of my toughest fights. He gave me a really good challenge. He's growing a lot. It's kind of funny to see. So go watch that video mm-hmm. if you guys get a second. Um, all right, you know we're we're running over. I think that's a good place to leave it. We got UFC Vegas 21 coming up. Drake, where can the people, where can't the people find you? That might be a shorter answer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, doing plenty of work all over the place these days, you guys, uh, MiamiNews.com, The Scrap, Fansided, DJPen.com, The Body Lock, um, and SEMP MMA, of course, you know, getting out doing some live coverage these days. So we'll be back on the ground for UFC 260 in, what is that, two weeks now? I have my schedule is all lost because of all the places i'm at right now no just kidding but uh yeah you can check out all my stuff there uh find me on twitter and instagram at drake riggs underscore mostly twitter guy of course if you want to find all the stuff i'm doing and everything it is just goes directly there youtube.com slash drake riggs as well for the video specifically but like i said it all goes on the twitter so that is the best place to find what i'm up to and all that good stuff and um yeah, you know, and shout out to uh, Broaden Horizon Episode 7 dropped recently, you guys. So if you're into the Japanese scene and uh, Ryzen Fighters, newest episode dropped this past Sunday. So five guests on that one. First time we've done five guests and, um, you know, plenty of good stuff uh, that I'm working on with that kind of thing. So, yeah, everything's on Twitter, though. So we'll leave it at that. Yeah, guys, uh, check out what Drake Riggs does. Truly the anti brian campbell he is the uh he is he is j mma for white guys personified uh he's the man to cross that bridge for you i'll take it i'll take it i like it shout out to brian campbell i love the guy um okay guys if you want to find my work it's easy it's right here fightful mma go hit us up youtube.com slash fightful mma a sub would go a long way we got a lot of great content coming up i'm just gonna i'll spill the beans a bit um early next week we're dropping uriah faber rating a bunch of ufc fighters haircuts of course you know sean o'malley is in there the before and after of brian ortega gotta get one of the man one of the men with the nicest locks in the sport to give a breakdown <laughs> of his peer so that should Did he rate his own no spoilers Stick to the end of the video and <laughs> yeah, find yeah, out yeah, yeah. uh get that watch time up folks all right, guys, you can follow me on Twitter. Oh, this this is an outdated tag because I didn't update Drake's graphics. Uh, it's at Shaq underscore Foosh. That's Shaq with a K. Don't go to fight Shaq fight. That won't lead to anything. Uh, thank you guys so much for checking it out. Uh, moving forward, next week's show is going to be exclusively on Fightful Select for our Patreon members. So if you haven't already, this is your time to go and subscribe. Join that. It would mean a great deal to me. Thank you guys so much, Drake. Always a professional. Love having you here. Crappy, crappy outro time. So stay tuned for everything Fightful and so delightful. Peace out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, 
we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton to adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20.